Broadcasting from the University of Michigan, the Michigan Youth Caucus and the University of Michigan College Democrats present Dem TV with your hosts, Josh Strasnick and Dana Kruman. Tonight's top stories. Super Tuesday leaves the presidential nomination super undecided. And, oh Kwame, you dog. Broadcasting live from beautiful Ann Arbor, this is Dem TV. Good evening, I'm Dana Cronin. And I'm Josh Strasnick, bringing you another edition of Dem TV. A bi-weekly policy update brought to you by the Michigan Youth Caucus, the University of Michigan College Dems, and College Dems chapters around the state. Leading off tonight in a story not related to the election, the White House officially came out Wednesday and defended the use of torture. Excuse me, I mean the interrogation technique of waterboarding. For all of you that don't remember what waterboarding is, it involves strapping a suspect down and pouring water over his or her cloth-covered face to create the sensation of drowning. I hear it's rather pleasant. It is not a new technique, and in fact, its use can be traced back to hundreds of years ago to the Spanish Inquisition, which we all know was a period of time full of humane interrogation and absolutely no torture whatsoever. According to President Bush's deputy spokesman, Tony Fratto, the president could approve the use of waterboarding in certain cases of torture. Excuse me, I mean interrogation. Despite the U.S. 2006 Military Commissions Act, which outlaws treatment of terrorist suspects that is described as cruel, inhumane, and degrading. Next up, more news from Washington. For all of those who were sad to see Paul Wolfowitz leave the limelight when his post as World Bank chief ended, never fear, he's back. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice recently chose him to lead a high-level advisory panel on arms control in the State Department. Known as one of the major architects of the Iraq War, Wolfowitz has very close ties to the White House and, for some reason, is still respected in some circles. His new post will include commentary on several high-profile issues, including pending nuclear deals with North Korea and India, and an offer to negotiate with Iran over its disputed nuclear program. It will certainly bring Mr. Wolfowitz back into the upper rings of government, which, depending on who you are, is either a good thing or very, very scary. In other news, Republicans are finally beginning to come around on the issue of illegal spying. Senator Arlen Specter of Pennsylvania complained about the spying going on and calling rationales for it one lame excuse after another, and demanded accountability by wondering if there was a cover-up going on. Senator Specter deserves applause for his leadership on this issue. Too often we see politicians without the political courage to deal with the problems of the illegal wiretapping of the Bush administration and their flouting of the FISA law. He even criticized the President Commissioner for, uh, for FISA for not being responsive to his demands as ranking member on the Senate Judiciary Committee, saying, let's see if the Commissioner is man enough to face me. Actually, no. Uh, this is really strong rhetoric and shows a growing rebellion against the horrible record on civil liberties from this president. Senator Specter actually reserved his anger for the Commissioner Roger Goodell of the NFL. He criticized the commissioner for allegedly covering up the spying of the New England Patriots and accused him of des destroying the spy tapes in order to hide evidence of real cheating. And now, more news from the campaign trail. Super Tuesday has come and gone, and the Democratic Party is still without a frontrunner, while the Republicans look increasingly likely to nominate Arizona Senator John McCain. Among Democrats, Senator Barack Obama surprised many by taking a majority of the states, but Senator Hillary Clinton won handily in delegate-rich states of California and New York. 
Final delegates are still being sorted out, but we look no closer to a nominee than we were one week ago. Pundits now say that the race has a real chance of being decided by superdelegates at this summer's convention, a situation that would remind many Americans of the existence of party conventions and the city of Denver. The real story Tuesday and throughout the primary season has been the story of Democratic dominance. In the reddest of red states from Alabama to South Carolina to Oklahoma, Democratic turnout dwarfed Republican turnout. In Minnesota, a supposedly reddening state, Democratic turnout more than tripled from 2004. Among Republicans, Mike Huckabee's lack of belief in evolution seems to have defeated Mitt Romney's newfound opposition to abortion and gays in the South. Meanwhile, John McCain all but wrapped up the nomination by sweeping the not-crazy demographic. Back home in the mitten, not even the State of the State address or the blustery winter weather could distract local and national media from Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. Last week, the Detroit Free Press broke the story that Kilpatrick and his chief of staff, Christine Beatty, allegedly engaged in a several-months-long affair. The evidence used to implicate Kilpatrick? Well, that was intimate text messages indicating the pair took trips together, potentially using city money, and colluded to fire a police chief whistleblower. As one political journalist indicated, Kwame's frisky thumbs have made Detroit the LOLing stock of the state. Finally, this week's shameless plug, if you want to get your chapter of College Dems involved in Dem TV, email Dana Cronin at dcronin at umich.edu. And if you can't get enough of Dem TV, check us out on iTunes. Just search Dem TV, that's one word, and download our free podcast straight to your favorite iPod. Signing off, this has been Dana Cronin. And Josh Strausnack. Go Go Blue blue and and keep keep it liberal. liberal.